Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for the online edition on the drop-down, you'll see a link to read A-C-I-M-O-E. On that same top menu on jcim.net site, there is a link to Subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in Chapter 24, Specialness and Separation, with Section 7, Salvation from Fear. And at the top of the hour, we will pause for touching in with our lesson, lesson for the day, Lesson 263, My Holy Vision Sees All Things as Pure. And that will be led by Fran, as she regularly does. So, yeah, let me turn to you, Lori, and uh, ask you to bring your noetic opening for the day. Oh, thanks, Lloyd. I do so love to find these. It's a beautiful little poem from Rumi that speaks to salvation from fear as well as holy vision. Let us fall in love again and scatter gold dust all over the world. Let us become a new spring and feel the breeze drift in the heaven scent. Let us carve gems out of our stony hearts and let them light the, our path to love. The glance of love is crystal clear and we are blessed by its light. Amen. Well, thank you, Laurie. Thank you. Thank you, Laurie. That was thank beautiful. You. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you, Laurie. All right. Well, I I think to uh, start today. With a return to paragraph one, so I want to read that and then spend just a little time in silence considering paragraph one of chapter 24, Specialness and Separation. And it says, Forget not that the motivation for this course is the attainment and the keeping of the state of peace. Given this state, the mind is quiet and the condition in which God is remembered is attained. 
It is not necessary to tell him what to do. He will not fail. Where he can enter, there he is already. And can it be he cannot enter where he wills to be? Peace will be yours because it is his will. Can you believe a shadow can hold back the will that holds the universe secure? God does not wait upon illusions to let him be himself. No more his son. They are. And what illusion that idly seems to drip between them has the power to defeat what is their will? I'll spend a moment in silence with that. Okay, now go through the reading list, or the list I have here. Now with us in reading, I have Jennifer, Fran, Lori, Harrison, Karen. And with us in listening, I have Rija, Ida, and Lana. Is there anyone else who's joined us who would like to either read or just say good morning? Morning, it's Sandra. I can read. Great, thanks, Sonder. Okay, well, I'll start the reading then in Chapter 24, Specialness and Separation, Section 7, Salvation from Fear. Before your brother's holiness, the world is still and peace descends on it in gentleness and blessing, so complete that not one trace of conflict still remains to haunt you in the darkness of the night. He is your savior from the dreams of fear. He is the healing of your sense of sacrifice and fear that what you have will scatter with the wind and turn to dust. In him is your assurance God is here and with you now. While he is what he is, you can be sure that God is knowable and will be known to you, for he could never leave his own creation. And the sign that this is so lies in your brother, offered you that all your doubts about yourself may disappear before his holiness. See in him God's creation, for in him his Father waits for your acknowledgement that he, he created you as part of him. And Jennifer? All right. Chapter 24, Specialness, 
and separation, salvation from fear. Before your brother's holiness, the world is still, and peace descends on it in gentleness and blessing so complete that not one trace of conflict still remains to haunt you in the darkness of the night. He is your savior from the dreams of fear. He is the feeling of your sense of sacrifice and fear that what you have have will scatter with the wind and turn to dust. In him is your assurance God is here and with you now. While he is what he is, you can be sure that God is nowhere and will be known to you. For he can never leave his own creation. And the sign that this is so lies in your brother, offered you that all your doubts about yourself may disappear before his holiness. See in him God's creation, for in him his father waits for your acknowledgement that he created you as part of him. Without you, there would be a lack in God, a heaven incomplete, a son without a father. There could be no universe and no reality. For what God wills is whole and part of him because his will is one. Nothing alive that is not part of him and nothing is but is alive in him. Your brother's holiness shows you that God is one with him and you. That what he has is yours because you are not separate from him nor from his father. Thank you, Jennifer and Fran. 50. Without you, there would be a lack in God, a heaven incomplete, a son without a father. There could be no universe and no reality. But what God wills is whole and part of him because his will is one. Nothing alive that is not part of him, and nothing is but is alive in him. Your brother's holiness shows you that God is one with him and you, that what he has is yours, because you are not separate from him nor from his father. 51. Nothing is lost to you in all the universe. Nothing that God created has he failed to lay before you lovingly as yours forever. And no thought within his mind is absent from your own. It is his will you share his love for you and look upon yourself as lovingly as he conceived of you before the world began and as he knows you still. God changes not his mind about his son with passing circumstance which has no meaning in eternity, where he abides in you with him. Your brother is as he created him, and it is this that saves you from a world that he created not. Thank you, friend. 
and Lori. Nothing has lost to you in all the universe. Nothing that God created has he failed to lay before you lovingly as yours forever. And no thought within his mind is absent from your own. It is his will you share his love for you and look upon yourself as lovingly as he conceived of you before the world began and as he knows you still. God changes not his mind about his son with passing circumstance, which has no meaning in eternity where he abides and you with him. Your brother is as he created him, and it is this that saves you from a world that he created not. 52. Forget not that the healing of God's son is all the world is for. That is the only purpose the Holy Spirit sees in it, and thus the only one it has. Until you see the healing of the Son as all you wish to be accomplished by the world, by time, and all appearances, you will not know the Father nor yourself, for you will use the world for what is not its purpose and will not escape its laws of violence and death. Yet, It is given you to be beyond its laws in all respects, in every way, in every circumstance, in all temptation to perceive what is not there, in all belief God's Son can suffer pain because he sees himself as he is not. Thank you, Lori and Harrison. Forget not that the healing of God's Son is all the world is for. That is the only purpose the Holy Spirit sees in it, and thus the only one it has. Until you see the healing of the Son, as all you wish to be accomplished by the world, by time, and all appearances, you will not know the Father nor yourself, for you will use the world for what is not its purpose and will not escape its laws of violence in death, yet it is given you to be beyond its laws in all respects, in every way, and every circumstance, in all temptation to perceive what is not there, and all beliefs God's Son can suffer, and all belief that God's Son can suffer pain because he sees himself as he is not. 53. Look on your brother and behold in him 
the holy person of the laws that seemed to rule this world. She, in his freedom, yours, for such it is. Let not his specialness obscure the truth in him. For not one law of death you bind him to will you escape. And not one sin you see in him but keeps you both in hell. Yet will his perfect sinlessness release you both, for holiness is quite impossible. With one judgment made for all, it looks upon, and that is made not of itself, but through the voice that speaks for God in everything that lives and shares his being. Thank you, Harrison. And Karen. 53. Look on your brother and behold in him the whole reversal of the laws that seem to rule this world. See in his freedom, yours, for such it is. Let not his specialness obscure the truth in him. For not one law of death you bind him to will you escape. And not one sin you see in him, but keeps you both in hell. Yet will his perfect sinlessness release you both. For holiness is quite impartial. With one judgment made for all it looks upon. And that is made not of itself, but through the voice that speaks for God in everything that lives and shares his being. 54. It is his sinlessness that eyes which see can look upon. It is his loveliness they see in everything, and it is he they look for everywhere, and find no sight, nor place, nor time where he is not. Within your brother's holiness, and it is he they look for everywhere, and find no sight, no nor place, nor time where he is not within your brother's holiness, the perfect frame for your salvation and the world, is set the shining memory of him in whom your brother lives and you along with him. Let not your eyes be blinded by the veil of specialness that hides the face of Christ from him and you as well. And let the fear of God no longer hold the vision you were meant to see from you. Your brother's body shows not Christ to you. He is set forth within his holiness. 
Thank you, Karen and Sandra. Uh, 54. It is his sinlessness that eyes which can, which see can look upon. It is his loveliness they see in everything. And it is he they look for everywhere and find no sight nor place nor time where he is not. Within your brother's holiness, the perfect frame for your salvation and the world's is set the shining memory of him in whom your brother lives and you along with him. Let not your eyes be blinded by the veil of specialness that hides the face of Christ from him and you as well. And let the fear of God no longer hold the vision you were meant to see from you. Your brother's body shows not Christ to you. He is set forth within his holiness. 55. Choose then his body or his holiness as what you want to see and which you choose is yours to look upon. Yet will you choose in countless situations and through time, which seems to have no end, until the truth be your decision. For eternity is not regained by still one more denial of Christ in him. And where is your salvation if he is but a body? Where is your peace but in his holiness? And where is God himself but in that part of him he set forth, he set forever in your brother's holiness, that you might see the truth about yourself set forth at last in terms you recognized and understood. Thank you, Sandra. And is there a new reader for 55 and 56? A new reader for 55 and 6? Um, yes, uh, Jessica, I can do it. <laughs> Thanks, Jessica. Okay, 55. Um, choose then his body or his holiness as what you want to be, and which you choose is yours to look upon. Yet will you choose in countless situations and through time, which seems to have no end, until the truth be your decision. For eternity is not regained by still one more denial of Christ in him. And where is your salvation if he is but a body? Where is your peace but in his holiness? And where is God himself but in that part of him you set forever in your brother's holiness that you might see the truth about yourself set forth at last in terms you recognized and understood. <clears throat> oh, I have to change um, the orientation because... Hold on one second. Okay. 
Okay. Um, your brother's holiness is sacrament and benediction unto you. His error cannot withhold God's blessing from himself nor you who see him truly. His mistakes can cause delay, which it is given you to take from him that both may end a journey that has never been begun and needs no end. What never was is not a part of you. Yet you will think it is until you realize that it is not a part of him who stands beside you. He is the mirror of yourself, wherein you see the judgment you have laid on both of you. The Christ in you belongs that beholds his holiness. Your specialness looks on his body and beholds him not. Thank you, Jessica. And is there another new reader for 56 and 57? I can try, Lemoyne. I'm outside babysitting the dogs, but I'm so sorry for the background noise. Okay. 56. Your brother's holiness is sacrament and benediction unto you. His errors cannot withhold God's blessing from himself, nor you who see him truly. His mistakes can cause delay, which it is given you to take from him, that both may end a journey that has never been begun and needs no end. What never was is not a part of you, yet you will think it is until you realize that it is not a part of him who stands beside you. He is the mirror of yourself, wherein you see the judgment you have laid on both of you. The Christ in you beholds his holiness. Your specialness looks on his body and beholds him not. 57. See him as what he is, that your deliverance may not be long. A senseless wandering without a purpose and without accomplishment of any kind is all the other choice can offer you. Futility of function not fulfilled will haunt you while your brother lies asleep till what has been assigned to you is done and he is risen from the past. He who condemned himself and you as well is given you to save from condemnation along with you and both shall see God's glory in his Son, whom you mistook as flesh and bound to laws that have no power over him at all. Thank you, Lana. And one more time. Is there a new reader for 57 and 58?
New reader for 57 and 58. Okay, back to you, Jennifer. All right, 57. See him as what he is, that your deliverance may not be long. A senseless wandering, without a purpose, and without accomplishment of any kind, is all the other choice can offer you. <laughs> Utility of function not fulfilled will haunt you while your brother lies asleep. So what has been assigned to you is done, and he is risen from the past. He who condemned himself and you as well is giving you to save from condemnation along with you. And both shall see God's glory in his Son, whom you mistook as flesh and bound to law that have no power over him alone. Would you not gladly realize these laws are not for you? Then see him not as a prisoner to them. It cannot be what governs part of God holds not for all the rest. You place yourself under the laws you see is ruling him. Think then how great the love of God for you must be that he has given you a part of him to save from pain and give you happiness. And never doubt but that your specialness will disappear before the will of God who loves each part of him with equal love and the Christ in you can see your brother truly. Would you decide against the holiness he sees? Thank you, Jennifer. And Fran. 58. Would you not gladly realize these laws are not for you? Then see him not as prisoner to them. It cannot be what governs part of God holds not for all the rest. You place yourself under the laws you see as ruling him. Think then how great the love of God for you must be that he has given you a part of him to save from pain and give you happiness. And never doubt but that your specialness will disappear before the will of God who loves each part of him with equal love and care. The Christ in you can see your brother truly. Would you decide against the holiness he sees? 59. Specialness is the function which you gave yourself. It stands for you alone as self-created, self-maintained, in need of nothing, and unjoined with anything beyond the body. In its eyes, you are a separate universe with all the power to hold itself complete within itself, with every entry shut against intrusion and every window barred against the light. Always attacked and always furious, with anger always fully justified. You have pursued this goal with vigilance you never thought to yield, an effort that you never thought to cease. And all this grim determination was for this, 
You wanted specialness to be the truth. Thank you, Brent and Lori. I'm sorry, I have to pass right now. Okie doke. Um, Harrison, did you read 5960? Specialness is the function which you gave yourself. It stands for you alone as self-created, self-maintained, in need of nothing, and unjoined with anything beyond the body. In its eyes, you are a separate universe with all the power to hold itself complete within itself. With every entry shut against intrusion and every window barred against the light. Always attacked and always fearless. With anger always fully justified. You have pursued this goal with vigilance. You never thought to yield. An effort you never thought to cease. And all this grim determination was for this. You wanted specialness to be the truth. 60. Now you immediately ask that you pursue another goal with far less vigilance, with little effort and with little time, and with the power of God maintaining it and promising success. Yet, of the two, it is this one you find more difficult. The quote-unquote sacrifice of self you understand, nor do you deem this cost too heavy but a tiny willingness, a nod to God, a greeting to the Christ in you. You find a burden wearisome and tedious, too heavy to be borne. Yet, to the dedication to the truth as God established it, no sacrifice is asked, no strain called forth, and all the power of heaven and the might of truth itself is given to provide the means 
and guarantee the goal's accomplishment. Thank you, Harrison. And Karen? 60. Now you are merely asked that you pursue another goal with far less vigilance, with little effort, and with little time, and with the power of God maintaining it and promising success. Yet of the two, it is this one you find more difficult. The quote-unquote sacrifice of self you understand. Nor do you deem this cause too heavy, but a tiny willingness, a nod to God, a greeting to the Christ in you, you find a burden wearisome and tedious, too heavy to be borne. Yet to the dedication to the truth, as God established it, no sacrifice is asked, no strain called forth, and all the power of heaven and the might of truth itself is given to provide the means and guarantee the goal's accomplishment. 61. You who believe it easier to see your brother's body than his holiness, be sure you understand what made this judgment. Here is the voice of specialness, heard clearly, judging against the Christ and setting forth for you the purpose that you can attain and what you cannot do. Forget not that this judgment must apply to you. Excuse me. Forget not that this judgment must apply to what you do with it as your ally. For what you do through Christ, it does not know. To him, this judgment makes no sense at all. And only what his Father wills is possible. And there is no alternative for him to see. Out of his lack of conflict comes your peace. And from his purpose comes the means for effortless accomplishment and rest. Thank you, Karen. And Sandra, would you conclude with 61? 61. You who believe it easier to see your brother's body than his holiness... Be sure you understand what made this judgment. Here is the voice of specialness heard clearly, judging against the Christ and setting forth for you the purpose that you can attain and what you cannot do. Forget not that this judgment must apply to what you do with it as your ally. For what you do through Christ, it does not know. To him, this judgment makes no sense at all, for only what his Father wills is possible, and there is no alternative for him to see. Out of his lack of conflict comes your peace, and from his purpose comes the means for effortless accomplishment 
and rest. Beautiful. Amen. And thank you, Sandra, and everyone who read. Um, uh, I ask now that we all give our attention to Bran as she brings forth the lesson for the day. Um, over to you, Bran. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook. The theme that we're on now is what is the body? And today's lesson is lesson 263. My holy vision sees all things as pure. So I shall read some from what is the body and then we'll go to the lesson and do our five-minute practice. The body will not stay. Yet this he sees as double safety. For the son of God's impermanence is quote-unquote proof his fences work and do the task his mind assigned to them. For if his oneness still remained untouched, who could attack and who could be attacked? Who could be victor? Who could be his prey? Who could be victim? Who the murderer? And if he did not die, what quote-unquote proof is there that God's eternal son can be destroyed? The body is a dream. Like other dreams, it sometimes seems to picture happiness, but can quite suddenly revert to fear, where every dream is born. For only love creates in truth, and truth can never fear. Made to be fearful, must the body serve the purpose given it. But we can change the purpose which the body will obey by changing what we think that it is for. We'll go over to the lesson. Lesson 263. My holy vision sees all things as pure. Father, your mind created all that is. Your spirit entered into it. Your love gave life to it. And would I look upon what you created as if it could be made simple? I would not perceive such dark and fearful images. A madman's dream is hardly fit to be my choice instead of all the loveliness with which you bless creation, all its purity, its joy, and its eternal quiet home in you. And while we still remain outside the gate of heaven, let us look on all we see through holy vision and the eyes of Christ. Let all appearances seem pure to us, that we may pass them by in innocence and walk together to our Father's house as brothers and the holy sons of God. Lesson 263. My holy vision sees all things as pure. Five minutes.
Lesson 263, my holy vision sees all things as pure. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thanks, Fran. Thank Thank you, guys. Thank you, Fran. Morning. It's Mindy, and I don't know why I'm sharing. I just was told I need to get on the phone and share. (laughs) Um, Okay, now I know what it is. Um, I asked for some help with healing of Annie, my kitty. And um, she is just a wonderful girl, so sweet, so loving, so accommodating. And she's a mirror of me, and I said, you can stop doing that. You can stop showing me what I'm experiencing and how I am by being the same. If I have a challenge, she seems to have a challenge. And and I noticed that there was some guilt going on with her challenges. And we're both here to grow. And if she's got a little contract going with me, that if I have a kidney problem, she's going to get one. Or if I'm all nervous and not taking care of myself and and being good and setting boundaries for myself, then she's not going to do that either. And, uh, you know, be at the effect of other other beings and kitties. It's just amazing to me that that there's guilt attached to that when really it's a holy relationship meant to, um, you know, she's the call for love that I don't always see that I'm making. And uh, <laughs> she's doing so much better today. And um, I had called on a Reiki healer, who's also psychic and an animal empath, to, to help me out and got no response and was making her wrong and not pure, not innocent, like, you know, judging her for not returning my two emails and judging myself, thinking she must think I'm silly. And she just finally answered and said, I'm so sorry it took me so long. Um, and for some reason, I didn't get the email that said I'm so busy, but I will read this and get back with you. And she got back to me this morning, and she says, yes, absolutely, I will work with you. And um, what I realized also was that I said to her in the second email, you know, I don't know that it's Annie that needs the reading or the Reiki. I think it might be me and <laughs> my healing. And when I'm healed, I'm not healed alone. So I was judging her as judging me and not responding. And, you know, it doesn't matter what the judgments were, but she was just busy. And why it is I assign negative interpretations to people's actions and use that to judge myself. Instead of seeing this person as pure love with a desire to heal and to share healing, and to receive something back from me that I offer her for helping. Instead of seeing her as a pure loving being doing her best, I judged her. And the truth of it is, is that she's doing her life and doing her best, and there was no judgment, there was no ignoring. And so it's just amazing to me how I don't see 
the love and the purity and everything. And the mind is so quick to make me special and to make someone special in a negative way. So, um, you know, it's, it's a little disheartening, but thank God we have this course because I keep coming back to it and I keep being willing, that little willingness it's all it takes to just go from seeing through a de- glass darkly to letting the light shine in through the window. It only takes a moment to go from, from darkness to light and from hell to heaven. And uh, today, Annie's feeling better. And um, I've determined to do whatever it is I need to do, including take her to the vet, which can be a real trial for her physically and me too. And, and financially, you know, it's like I'm judging that that it's not a good thing, that people charge so much and that it's out to get my money. And it's just so amazing that that just brings more specialness and more separation. When I go there with the thought that they love me and I love them and they love Annie, and of course they want to help. And yes, they need money to keep that clinic running. You know, there have been times when I've gone there and they've been so kind to me where they haven't even charged me for things. And it all depends on am I open to being one with them and seeing the purity of everybody and the love in them, or am I choosing to be special? The miracle happens with the little willingness to just know that we are all one, and we are all whole, and all is well, and God has not left his throne, and he's still raining down love, and my only job is to say I'm willing to receive it, and then all heaven and earth move to help me to have that love and to share it, and I'm complete. Thank you so much. And Annie is standing up purring and looking normal as I'm doing this. She's just, she's herself again. That's the power of, of coming to a place of being in the real world and letting go of illusions. Things are healed. And not just in my perception, they really are healed. I just opened up a healing channel for myself and for Annie by acknowledging the truth. I'm complete. Thank you. Well, thank you, Mindy. Thank you, Mindy. Thanks, Mindy. Thank you, Mindy. morning, this is Sandra. <clears throat> and my holy vision sees all things as pure. And that's if I allow and accept all things. And that's if I don't judge anything. But of course, I'm not there yet. <laughs> so there's some prayers that are in this book that um, I do on a daily basis for all my brothers, past, present, and future, sisters, past, present, and future, children, past, present, and future, grandchildren, past, present, and future, everybody. I give you to the Holy Spirit as part of myself. I know you will be released. 
unless I want to use you to imprison myself. In the name of my freedom, I will your release because I recognized we will be released together. And another one. You are one self with me, united with our creator in this self. I honor you because of what I am and what he is who loves us both. And another one. I bless you, brother, with the love of God, which I would share with you. For I would learn the joyous lesson that there is no love but God's, and yours and mine and everyone. I need help with this, so I use those prayers on a daily basis. Because it's just so easy. It's just such a habit to judge. And the thing that I know from my 74 years here, that no one behaves perfectly the way I want them to. (laughs) And because I live in a free will zone, and God does not impose her will on me in any way, shape, or form, or on any part of creation, God does not impose. I have to choose power of decision to align with the truth of God and the truth that God says I am. And I'm doing it, and I'm feeling freedom from a lot of circumstances that are very hard and difficult and challenging. But those, those difficult, hard, challenging circumstances bring me right to salvation if I let them, if I don't judge them, if I know that my life is, and all the circumstances of my life, is our, the gateway to my salvation. I'm complete. Well, that was great, Sonda. Thank you so much. Very powerful. Powerful. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Really great. Thank you, Sonda. Thank you, Sonda. Thank you, Sonda. Perspective on this. Thank you. Complete. You're there. You're there. Thank you. Thank you, Sonda. Thank you, Sonda. Good morning, guys. This is Jude. I had a really interesting day yesterday, and I I won't get into the details of it, but um, I really practiced that idea. I, I will perceive no differences, and you know, I I came with Christ, and and watching Jude drive to Portland from where I live, it's two hours, and going to see a nephrologist about a spot on my kidney, which they want to take out, and um, knowing this just watching myself and my thinking and recognizing. It's funny because with that um, innocent bystander watching you, watching myself, and isn't that what this course is about, getting to know myself, I was really, really fascinated by how um, many differences I saw, I perceived, and um, and how they were comparisons um, and um 
you know, evaluations. And it, the whole day just made the, the, the practice really clear for me, how differences um, arise in those comparisons and evaluations, which are judgments. And they can be innocuous and innocent enough. You know, the, the, um, the trepidation of driving my car to, you know, for, for um, four hours, two hours coming and going, because the transmission is acting a little funky. And, you know, the, the comparing of the shifting of the gears to how it used to shift and, you know, how that a line from the text yesterday really stuck with me. And it says, when you're not entirely in a state of peace. And I'm like, oh, notice that. Oh, notice that. Oh, notice that. And every time I went, my thinking went to, to I don't know where the doctor's office is, but I got the directions right here. But I'm, I'm not used to driving a lot of traffic, so, you know, I'm just being present and aware and driving and not going to worry about it. I'm not there yet. I'm here. I'm here and now. And, you know, the whole way there and the whole way home was a series of watching Jude and her thinking just about driving and the appointment and, you know, the seriousness of of what they, we were going to talk about and and my emotional and psychological responses and and um but witnessing it from the purity of Christ being within me and that Christ was with me the whole day and I felt encompassed and embraced by that gentle tender knowing this that you can do this you got this I'm with you and um, no matter what happened, nothing really happened. I pretty much was substantiated on what you know my primary care told me. But you know it was a pretty big jolt when the doctor um, said, you know they're gonna they'll probably remove twenty percent of one of your kidneys. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Don't I need that? <laughs> but you know I'm too seeing myself from outside of myself. And Christ is with me, and he's watching you go, and he's saying laughter is a good thing. Don't take this too seriously. This is not who you are. You're not your body. You have your body. You're, you're 95% perfectly healthy. You've got a great blood pressure, no other medications. You've got a little teeny three-centimeter spot on your kidney. This is, this is you know, put this into perspective. And don't project the fear into the future. You don't know what's going to happen. So the, um, the whole day was really interesting. And um, looking through the eyes of Christ, you know, there's only one way to look. There's only one choice. There's only one reality. There's one God, and he's all of it. There's no place where God is not. There's no place where love is not. And it's a choiceless choice. Who would choose otherwise? That is what the ego is to me, choosing that I see anything that's other than love, anything that's other than God, and saying, I don't like this. This should be different. Like Jude's to judge. Judge Judy is really fading fast, and I'm really grateful for that because peace is a condition for knowing I am the kingdom of God. And I can't be opposed to any part of it and know the totality of all of myself, my capital self. And I'm really, I'm really, really rejoicing and glad that I'm getting, 
I'm getting to the to the open mindedness and the open heartedness to embrace everything, no matter how it appears, no matter how, how I perceive it. Recognizing that it, it's um, you know it simply capital it is merely God. It all merely is God, and isn't it all wonderful? The universe conspired for us to be here to have this opportunity for happiness and joy and sadness and sorrow, too. I wouldn't miss any of it. (laughs) What an adventure. I'm complete. That was really great, Judy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Um, Thanks, Judy. That was great. Good morning, it's Karen. I had a crazy day yesterday too, uh, but I didn't. <laughs> I didn't do what you just did, which was look into witness consciousness and and not identify. Um, so I went to the doctor uh, after we hung up on Monday and waited two hours and got the doctor um, to get me two prescriptions for antibiotics for something going on. And then I went to the pharmacy to pick it up, and they made me wait an hour because they were going to lunch. (laughs) And even though I got there before they closed the window, they just said, we're going to do this after. We're going to give it to you after. It's already done, but we can't give it to you until we get back. And then I waited, and then they didn't give me both prescriptions, they only gave me one because they said they were out of the other one. And I had to wait until yesterday, yesterday morning, and then it was 4 o'clock. It wasn't going to be until then. By 6 o'clock, they said they weren't going to have it till today. And I'm like, why did I pay all that money to go to the doctor if I can't get the antibiotics for two days? And I got so identified with it and so angry. I'm really not at a person, but just at what we call in um, in my Hindu community, we would call this a leela, you know, where you think you need to do something and everything seems to block you and you just get crazy about it. And then, of course, because I got angry, then all the self-hatred and judgment, all of that comes up right behind it. You're not getting anywhere with the spiritual, you know, what you think you're doing spiritually blah, 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 Course in Miracles, you don't get it, you're not getting it, you shouldn't be angry. How could you lose it? You know, that kind of thing. And then um, there's a acupuncturist I've been seeing for, I had 39 treatments. And I know this because the first 20 were last year's treatments that were covered by insurance, and I get 20 for this year, and I'm up to 19. And I feel like it's not really, I don't really feel a spiritual help from it. Maybe it's helping me physically, I suppose it could be. But I don't feel good afterwards, and I certainly don't feel like my heart is open. And it takes me an hour each way, and it's a really tough drive because of the traffic. And it definitely derails me from the Course in Miracles because it's a very powerful person with a whole different paradigm of belief system. And so I had made the decision not to go anymore and I told him yesterday afternoon and there's a fear 
that God isn't going to take care of me, that I'm making the wrong decision. So behind the anger about, you know, getting mad about this whole Leela about the prescription, then there's a whole layer of anger or fear about, am I doing the wrong thing? Is the Course in Miracles as good a path as this and that? You know, am I on the right path? I just don't know. I got up in the middle of the night and I prayed and I meditated for hours and I couldn't feel the love and the light. I couldn't get there. I couldn't get back there. I felt just so terrible about letting God down. You know, I let God down. How did I get so mad? I you know, I should have just been able to say this is a ridiculous illusion. <laughs> if I'm supposed to get this prescription, I'll get it. If, I, if I'm not supposed to get it, I won't get it. You know, instead of feeling like it was real, that's what the thing is. The false self believes that this illusionary life is real, and it seems to be a drama. I know I've mentioned before, I have, I have the same issue when I go to the dentist. I have the same issue when I... It's just like a, a recurring drama for me. You know, no matter how much I try to do it right, it's still like they still charge me $300, even though it's supposed to be covered or... It just seems like um, I'm reliving and reliving and reliving the same exact pattern. So today we're we're meditating on um, my holy vision. These all things purely. Well, before I went back to bed after meditating last night, I was just feeling so negative and stuck and confused. You know, like I just couldn't crawl out of it. No amount of mantras and Hail Marys and, you know, I open to God's love and I feel, you know, I send out God's love and I couldn't do it. And then I had this thought of my granddaughter and the love just burst inside of me. It says in the, what is the body? I think the last line is that love, if you feel love, it can break everything. If you can feel the love, it breaks everything. And I had this moment of feeling my love for Talian and the, the nightmare, the identification with the ego self was, was broken. For, and I felt the love flow right through me. Not the mantras, not the praying, not the, not the affirmations. It was attunement to the love in one moment that broke it. And then during today, it's just feeling like um, sometimes it feels like we transcend that ego body, that emotional body with all that pain and all that fear and all that anger and all that anxiety. And sometimes, like Judy was saying, you can witness it and not identify it with it and say, oh, hmm, I see that, but I'm not going there. That's not the true self. But I, I wonder sometimes if it can't be transformed if you don't um, have it integrated in some way. I mean, bringing the, bringing the false self to the, to the light and to the Holy Spirit is, is repeated over and over in the Course. So when I dissociate it and transcend it, which sometimes I can do because of my right-mindedness, um, is it not releasing the samskaras? Is it not, is it not transforming the energy 
that's trapped in the false self, the emotional energy. Um, so today I was trying to hold the Christ light and offer these negative feelings to the Holy Spirit. And I feel all this crying inside and I feel all this hopelessness and and if I go back to thinking about yesterday and the day before, I think of the anger. But I, I don't know. Is it, is it look at it and say it's an illusion and I let go of it because I transcend it? Or is there something that has to be felt for it to be finally released? I don't know if that made any sense. Um, sorry to talk so long. I'm completely... Oh, you described the struggle so perfectly, Karen. I can definitely identify yep. with that struggle. Excuse Thank me, you. Lori. Excuse me, Lori. Bravo, Karen. I um, I think for me the key um, in all my practice is keeping it here and now. This um, judgment of myself as um, making progress or not or failing um, or being successful is all of my ego, and it's the ego trying. And I don't have to try to become what I am. When, when we identify with that love, and um, one thing that um, really has helped me, because I used to really try to feel the love, you know, where's the love? I'm not feeling it, like it's an emotion or something in my body. And, and it's not. It's, it's something that comes to me when I clear the decks and I'm openly welcome to it, when I say, I'm, I'm going to let this go, I'm going to give this to you. And it's always here and now. And, it's, and, and, and for me, the, um, you know, the, 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 the fear is palatable um, that my body and, and I, I try to go to the root of the fear and see how the perception, the perceptions that Judy holds about herself in the body is what is the fear monger. And to pull that out by the root, for me, it's become an essential part of my practice. That um, the, it's always from the past by comparison, comparing my body, like I used to be a really hard-working nurse, always on time and on, on call, and, and, and then I would, you know, hike and ski and party and play and dance. And, I mean, I was, like, always on and um, in good health, never suffered sickness. And so now I'm in this older body, and I, and I see myself comparing and this is the source of Jude's suffering, that I, I'm not here and now and tenderly embracing through seeing myself intimately, intimately seeing myself as God would have me see myself. And it's, it's not seeking anything outside of myself. You know, all my friends tell me, you've got to go to the doctor for this pain, you, you, need, you need treatments, you need surgery. And I'm like, I need the intimacy of God to tell me what to do. And then I know I'm, 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 I'm going in the right direction. I know what decisions I need to make because they're not coming from a place of where I think I know. They're coming from an unknown place a place of quietness and stillness. And, and, and I rest easy in that. I rest in God, and, and I rest in the intimacy of my relationship with him. And I've learned that this, 
this thing that we call love by human standards is so limited and little. And for me, the, the magnitude of God is, is keeping, keeping the magnitude of how God created us as one mind and one love that every expression of those beautiful expressions of love for, for mothers, for their babies, I mean, just think about it. All the expressions of love are, are, are ours. They belong to all of us. That's our treasury. That's what heaven is. Only loving thoughts are true. And that helps remind me, you know, that I don't have to come up with it. It already is. It always has been and it always will be. That God is love and God is in all, as all, no matter how I name it or define it or picture it or image it. It's it is what it merely is what it is without distinction, without any distinction, without any borders, without any form, without any symbols, symbols, signs, words, all that's twice removed from the capital reality of what God is. He's free flowing spirit, soul, absolute spirit, soul, and mind, and everything is held within it in his oneness. So I'm, I just had a really powerful day of it yesterday, and I'm just wanting to, to recognize and realize who and what we are in truth. We're all it. We're all God. We're all God expressing love. Don't forget to be limitlessly joy and limitlessly peace, peaceful. We have to be at peace in order to, for this truth to come to us. It comes to us. We don't go to it. We don't attain it. We can't strive for it. We can't work for it. We can't earn it. We don't have to. God says we're worthy. When he created us, he gave it. He gave us himself. That's our intimate, holy relationship. That's the holy instant, eternally, here and now. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. Yeah, thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Good morning, Ms. Harrison. I'm sorry, I stepped on somebody. Oh, thanks, Harrison. This is Ida. I was just going to say, this being that we sometimes call a book, of course, in miracles was... It appeared to be created in the 60s and 70s, but it really was always here and always will be here because time is an illusion. And um, I've experienced some rough, definitely some rough spots even this morning and stuff with my body and all. But... um, and my mind but then I was walking right past my door and the nurse walked by and she said Ida I said yes and she said you have my heart and that was so beautiful wasn't it that she was moved by something in me the the love in me to say that thank you I'm complete was beautiful a real blessing 
Thank you, Ida. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Oh, thank you, Ida.
I went back and looked at the first few lessons uh, in the workbook. And they're very powerful. Jesus holds no punches. Lesson one was nothing I see in this room, on this street, from this window, in this place, means anything. That's the very first lesson of the workbook. And I can remember first reading that and saying, what in the world have I gotten myself into? And he says, I've given everything in this room, everything I see in this room, on this street, from this window, in this place, all the meaning that it has for me. Three, I do not any do not understand anything I see in this room on the street. The lesson for these thoughts don't mean anything. Five, I'm never upset for the reason I think. It goes on to totally challenge my whole mindset. So when it comes to dealing with what I'm experiencing in the world as a body, I have to remember that it doesn't mean anything. That's not to demean the fact that we think we are experiencing it. I thought I was experiencing prostate cancer. I thought I was experiencing stage four uh, head and neck cancer. I think I'm experiencing back pain. All of those things are related to a mindset that says what I have created is my reality. And what he's telling me here, forget not that the healing of God's Son, paragraph 52, is all the world is for. 
all of my experiences, my health challenges, I can use for my healing. That is the only purpose the Holy Spirit sees in it, and that's the only one it has. Until I see the healing of the Son of God is all I wish to be accomplished by the world, by time, and all appearances, I will not know the Father nor myself. For I will use the world for what is not its purpose, and will not escape its laws of violence and death. Yet it has given me to be beyond its laws in all respects. It has given me to be beyond the world's laws in all respects, in every way, in earth every circumstance and all temptation to perceive what is not there and all beliefs God's son can suffer pain because he sees himself as he is not. If I really want to address Whatever issues I think I'm having, as Harrison, I need to understand and accept what he's saying in this paragraph and others. So appreciate his teaching and your sharing. I'm complete. That was oh, awesome. Thank you, Harrison. Totally. That was. <laughs> I so needed to hear that. Me too. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. You used to be a lawyer. Now you argue the case for God. It's so wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, these are great shares. Oh. Um, Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Um, this is Jessica, and um, I've just really, really related to so much of what was shared. I I had a um, experience yesterday where I was feeling really um, pretty much at peace with uh, so many things, and I was listening to a YouTube lecture by Ken Wapnick about, um, I mean, the main thing that, uh, he was talking about is the importance of making the transition from perceiving ourselves as being in in a prison here 
to being in a classroom here. And I was completely like, yeah, that's exactly what's happening. And that feels so right and so true. And then when I went to bed and was uh, trying to go to sleep, I, I was seized by everything that I felt was imprisoning me. I, I felt completely imprisoned. And I thought, this is no kind of classroom I want to be in. Um, and many of the things people have spoken about are things I'm dealing with. Um, <laughs> it's uncanny, actually. But, you know, like I was actually, um, I couldn't go to sleep for hours. And I thought of Karen, because sometimes you mention that you wake up and then you meditate. And I thought, I don't know how she does that, because I certainly can't sit up right now and meditate. I'm too tired. But I wasn't so tired that I fell asleep. And, you know, I tried all the things I usually do. I talked to the Holy Spirit, asked the Holy Spirit to be with me. But, you know, I think that the viciousness of the ego we've read about. We all have have experienced it and read about it. And it can be truly vicious. And it was being very vicious last night um, with just everywhere I looked. It was there were more bars to my prison, and um, you know t- I felt tortured uh, by by the rea- quote unquote realities of my life, and um, you know I was reminded of the lesson. Uh, which one is it? What I see is a form of vengeance, which is um, you know it's that whole cycle of. Um, it's the cycle of guilt and projecting the anger and all of that stuff. And um, I just, you know, I think that, that, that when these things happen, um, sometimes I feel like, oh, I've made no progress uh, with the course and blah, blah, blah. But it's just layers. It's layers of, of, muck that need to be cleaned out and um and that's that's what I'm doing and that's what we're doing and that's what you guys are helping me with so um thanks for all of you for your openness and sharing um as we all go through this cleansing and healing process and complete well said this is beautiful, Jessica. Thank you. Really nice. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you, Jessica. I understand. I felt that way too, Jessica. I did that. But Harrison, you shared about the beginning lessons and um, the difference for me is from perception through the instrument of senses. The senses, you know, just relay messages of perception back to the brain, which is highly conditioned. Judy, Judy, can I interrupt you for a second? I just wanted to ask if there are people who haven't shared at all, like maybe Jennifer. I thought I heard her start to talk. Um, I was just wondering if you could wait until 
Lana or Jess or Jennifer or, you know, Lori or Lemoyne, some of the other people haven't talked yet. Just a thought. Yes, of course, Karen. Thank you for reminding me. Mm, thank you both. I know I heard Jennifer. I don't know if anyone else wants to speak up. Good morning, y'all. This is Jen. Um, just real thank you, everybody. Everybody's voices is um, needed, and uh, thank you very much. Uh, so I just I just wanted to say um, I really um, am focusing on the part where um, I'm already accomplished, and so are you. Each one of us here is already accomplished. And in the last sentence, out of his lack of conflict comes your peace, and from his purpose comes the means for effortless accomplishment and rest. And I had an instant where I was um, had my mom come down from uh, Northern California, and we were sitting, uh, we were sitting having dinner, and she had mentioned something from the past when I was like two years old and a major um, uh, resentment and a lot of pain. Like we just opened up this can of worms, which happens frequently um, because my mom's uh, mind thinks negatively about everything just about all the time. That's her condition. So, of course, me being her daughter, that's been oil and water in the past. But now, um, with all the uh, vigilance and just showing up uh, with Course of Love, Course of Miracles the last year, um, it's made it possible to be um, in a state of, of truth and peace and also to heal my can of worms, so to speak, and my <clears throat> commonalities with her. Um, she's the biggest teacher in my life, actually, back to holiness. And <clears throat> she had said something about my father, and, um, and I said, whoa, you were pissed. And she attacked me, which I didn't take as literally as an attack, because I know her. You know, this is... Um, and I said, Mom, um, that anger just now, that is from the past, has nothing to do with this present moment. And in this moment, when I acknowledge how upset you were at that time, I am on your side with all of this compassion as we relate right now about something that we were both in at the same time playing different parts 50 years ago, whatever it was. She just looked at me. She goes, oh. I said, yeah, Mom. It's okay. But this is what keeps you connected to me and every living heart that's in front of you, this old pain. 
And this is a moment right now for you to just let that go because these are shackles around you and it's separating me as a daughter and you knowing how much I really love you in this moment. She just, she got it. She got it enough. She got it enough. And I spent a weekend of um, kind of revisiting these things. But it was uh, sometimes harder. And, and sometimes I would just say I'm in it. And I'm just, you know, we've had a lot of trauma between you and I. And I just forgive me. And then I would um, allow the... Um, my, my completeness, the accomplished part of me, step in and wash the gutter, sweep the street. So again, now um, it says um, specialness is a function which you gave yourself. I gave myself that function. But now I'm saying I'm accomplished. And this looks like out of his lack of conflict comes his peace. And from his purpose comes the means for effortless accomplishment and rest. And so I am, and so it be. I complete. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you, Jennifer. I love sharing that. That was a blessing, Jennifer. Thank you for sharing all that. Thank you, Judy, for being so gracious. Thank you, Karen, Judy, and Jennifer. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Thank you all. So, good morning, everyone. This is Lori. And um, I'll keep it really brief, but it's it's my experience that we're not. This, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, this, this, you know, in the teacher's manual, he describes it as a power that is in you, but not of you. What is this power that is in me, but not of me? And do I want it? And that's the basic question here on salvation from fear. Um, I was thinking of something early in the text. He says, I am teaching you to associate misery with the ego and joy with the soul. (laughs) I thought, boy, is he ever. (laughs) One time I was um, in a particular state like the one you described, Karen. Can you take it out? Let's see, I think there's an unmuted line. Um, and I was in that state. Oh, my goodness, you know, it, it takes, it's almost like a cyclone, you know. It comes up so darn fast, let one domino fall, and next thing you know, I'm so far out of peace, I forgot who I am. And uh, I got myself in a particular state one day, and I heard voice of Holy Spirit say, are you an ego? And, 
And I, I just can't ever forget the relief I felt in that moment. Um, misery with the ego and joy with the soul. I'm also reminded that um, the closer the closer we... Um, I can't give you the reference. Maybe Harrison or Lemoyne can. But it states somewhere in the Course that the closer you get to truth, the more threatened the ego feels for its existence. And that's when it's likely to become particularly vicious. And so these states, uh, these states of mind, um, in a lot of ways are a gift. And that particular state uh, flipped my mind uh, out of I'm a failure to um, this is a real gift to me to realize how my mind does um, when I when I start to uh, lose my peace. And so the lesson, there's one lesson that helps me a lot with this, and it converts these episodes. I mean, it, it literally shifts them immediately uh, out of something that I would be afraid of or horrified by or um, ashamed of or uh, I mean it just shifts me immediately and that's the lesson is all things are lessons God would have me learn and when I can look at these states of mind as a gift oh uh, the universe is pointing me in a direction that my ego doesn't want to go. The universe is giving me this opportunity to make a different choice. The universe is giving me this opportunity to learn the lesson, forgive, and you will see this differently. And what is forgive but to withdraw the thoughts and ideas that I laid on a situation? This means this, and this means that, and because of this, you, and all of those ego dialogues that run, you know. Um, and it, it works for me every time. Um, one time, and not so very long ago, I had a friend who uh, accused me of something, and it was so outrageous. Uh, and, and I was so offended by the accusation that I hung up the phone. Oh, what a behavior. Oh my God, I can't believe I did that. And my ego kicked in immediately. Uh, well, you were right because uh, she said that and that wasn't right. And, you know, I mean, you get yourself into those thought tangles and it was horrible. I stayed there for three days, almost three days. Um, before the gift of forgiveness uh, took it out of uh, it just disappeared you know I don't know how that happened but um, all I'm asked to do is look and wait and judge not look and wait and judge not that judge not is the hard part and when I withdraw my judgments then the truth of the situation whatever it is, can turn out to be a total blessing. I would not have seen it that way at all. Um, but this is the means, you know, these these events, these lessons, whatever you want to call them, um, are opportunities for me to teach myself I'm not an ego. You know, it's, 
that's straight out of lesson I think I forget the number but it can be but myself I crucify and in that lesson he goes through uh, exactly how the mind works and in the end of the lesson he says thus you teach yourself you're not an ego um, I, I need that teaching I need that teaching um, I need those opportunities to see how uh, how unwatched mind goes crazy um, in order that I can realize right now that's not me that's not what I want and <clears throat> back to this reading um, he points out how important it is what it is I want you know um, what do I want if I accept the purpose of holiness if I accept the purpose of love if I accept the purpose of innocence the means for that are all given all I have to do is align my mind with the purpose because that's what I want and it turns out um, it turns out that when I am in the place of what I want not all the stuff that took me there not all the mistakes not the the judgments not not any of that stuff you know this means this and if then that uh, you should this and you should none of that let that all go and get back to the place of what do I want what do I want I want the healing of God's son I want my mind healed father and then it's given you he says in paragraph 52 then it is given you and it is given you to be beyond all things given you given you I don't have to do that it's given you to be beyond all things that come from seeing yourself not as you are I loved Harrison that you brought up those early lessons because there's a really really big one in there um, right in the middle of those first 50 the review lesson says I can picture only thoughts I hold about myself and that's the way projection works you know if I'm holding and we've talked about this lots of times um, if I'm if, if, it, if there's subconscious content in my mind that uh, condemns me for having even thought something bad even thought about doing something bad even thought about judging that's all in my subconscious and I'll tell you I, I have one niece that um, is very very difficult for me to get to peace with uh, because of her behavior and her actions and all of that is because I condemn myself for the same behaviors I see in her and that's a hard look oh gee well all things are lessons God would have me learn forgive myself for that let that illusion be lifted from my mind by the Holy Spirit that illusion that I'm projecting on Katie and that's 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 content of my own mind and when I can let that go now I'm not going to picture 
a thought that's negative about myself, that I'm a bad person or that I treat people badly or that I'm selfish or, or whatever the case may be, um, I withdraw that projection. So she has really, um, as he says in this lesson, been a mirror in paragraph 56. Um, my brother's a mirror in which I see my judgment on myself. Well, gee whiz, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's another opportunity where I can learn to forgive myself. And um, those are the two things I think I wanted to highlight. No, one more. I just love sentence 58 or paragraph 58. Think how great the love of God for me must be that he gives me a part of himself to save from pain and give me happiness. You know, it's all just oneself here. It's, it's just, it's, you know, we belong to each other to such a deep and perfect extent because of the way God created the sonship. You know, we contain each other. We are... Um, we are entrusted to each other's care. Um, if I care for you, I'm caring for myself. If I care for myself, I'm caring for you. If I forgive myself, I'm forgiving you. If I'm loving myself, I'm loving you. That's how deeply we belong to each other. That's how great God's trust in us is, that he gives us himself to love and care for and be merciful toward. And the beautiful thing about forgiveness is when I let my projections be lifted, I've accepted forgiveness for myself for even having made them. Um, so I can't, I can't um, know wholeness until I know how deeply we belong to each other. And um, that's what it means to me to teach my mind I'm not an ego. And um, and finally, I'll end in paragraph 59. He emphasizes once again, do I want this? Is this what I want? No. All this is misery. My joy. Somebody wrote in a Facebook course group one time, if you were the last person, if you were the person at the gate of heaven when the last person came, what would you say? What would you say? Your heart would cry out, welcome. That's our natural response to each other. You know, you're, you're God's blessing to me. I'm God's blessing to you. Um, and that's how I teach myself I'm not an ego. Can I have Christ's vision all by myself? No. It's, it's God's gift to me. It's the power that's within me, but not of me. Um... And every time, every time I let that be the truth for me, uh, I experience that same sense I would get if I were the last person to welcome the last person. Just welcome. You're the one who makes me happy, and I didn't know that, so thank you. And I'm complete. Thank you, Lori. You're so sweet. That was so rich and so beautiful, and thank you, thank you, thank you. Wonderful, Lori. Thank you, Lori.
perfectly thin door. Is yours if you want it. <laughs> well, thank you, Lori. I'm tempted to <laughs> just let that be the close of the call. Um. Hmm. Kind of gotten pushed or pulled in a couple different ways. But uh you know, I was drawn to the last paragraph of what is the body. And I think <laughs> well I think <laughs> that's funny. I, I know that the the hinge here is you will identify with what you think will make you sane. And I know for me that a real shift is possible in recognizing that the inner the inner voice that speaks first and always speaks of the problem and has no answers is an attempt to find certainty within um, within doubt, and that this is what the course might call bringing truth, you know my certainty whatever certainty is mine to have to the doubt of the part of me that believes it's separate, right? And the whole point of this course, uh, it started with the introduction to the to the chapter today, which remembers that the motivation for the course is the attainment and keeping of the state of peace. And, you know, this, the peace of God is founded on certainty and not on doubt. And, and that certainty comes only through the willingness. It's not an absolute. The peace can be there before the vision is perfectly corrected and, in fact, is essential to it, um, to the proper correction of vision. I, I believe, in my experience, it's that way. It's the will to return to peace that pulls me out of the my funky mind traps. And uh, so, okay, though it's fairly clear <laughs> where to go with this. Um, this is a few selections from 
the the middle of the workbook here where it, it says in Lesson 151, you have often been urged to refrain from judging. And judging must separate. I, I added that, okay? Not because it is a right to be withheld from you. You cannot judge. You can merely believe the ego's judgments, all of which are false. <clears throat> It guides your senses carefully to prove how weak you are, how helpless and afraid, how apprehensive of just punishment, how black with sin, how wretched in your guilt. But, you know, instead, <laughs> it's just the call here is to uh, remember who we are, to establish that peace with some certainty. So from 154, let us today be neither arrogant nor falsely humble. We cannot judge ourselves, nor need we do so. It is not our part to judge our worth, nor can we know what role is best for us, what we can do within a larger plan we cannot see in its entirety. Our part is cast in heaven, not in hell. And what we think is weakness can be strength. And what we believe to be our strength is often arrogance. So, um, just one thing to bring it back to the reading, which is largely about the Savior's vision. <coughs> The Savior's, this is from near the end of the book, chapter 31. The Savior's vision is as innocent of what your brother is as it is free of any judgment made upon yourself. It sees no past in anyone at all, and thus it serves a wholly open mind, unclouded by old concepts and prepared to look only on what the present Holds. It cannot judge because it does not know. And recognizing this, the Savior's vision merely asks, what is the meaning of what I behold? Then is the answer given, and the door held open for the face of Christ to shine upon the one who asks in innocence to see beyond the veil of old ideas and ancient concepts held so long and dear against the vision of the Christ in you. So, um, now, I'll, now I'll read that last paragraph from What is the Body? You will identify with what you think will make you safe. Whatever it may be, you will believe that it is one with you. Your safety lies in truth and not in lies. Love is your safety. Fear does not exist. Identify with love and you are safe. Identify with love and you are home. Identify with love and find yourself. I always want to add peace. 
yourself at peace, in peace, at rest. And uh, thank you all for listening. Thanks for being here. We'll keep the line open for a little while longer, though we have run over the usual time. Thank you, Lamont. Thank you, Lamont. That was a beautiful contribution. I'm so grateful that you shared all that. And I love it when you take excerpts of the text and remind it and reinforce it, Emma. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm -hmm. I guess. Thank you, Lamont. This is Lamont.